Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Answering the Call, offering a glimpse into the spiritual journeys of local priests, deacons, and religious. And now, Answering the Call with Elizabeth Vicacelli. Hello, and thanks for joining us on Answering the Call here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 and streaming live to you at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Elizabeth Vicacelli, host of the program, and delighted to be with you. And we really love our Dominicans here at St. Gabriel. We're so blessed to have wonderful Dominicans in our diocese. And today we're joined by yet another Dominican priest. His name is Father Charles Schonk. You may recognize him from the show that we produce called Dominican Dimensions. He's on that program, and he's with us today to talk about his journey to priesthood here on Answering the Call. Uh, Father uh, Charles is serving over at St. Patrick's in Columbus, and uh, it's a parish he actually attended with his family, and we'll be hearing about that in his story. So it's beautiful to see how God makes things come full circle. So welcome, Father Charles, to St. Gabriel and to Answering the Call. Thank you, Elizabeth. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to hear you, glad to hear your story. And I know you're one of the rare people actually born in Columbus, Ohio. I haven't met too many people actually born here. It seems to be everybody's so transient here, but you were born here. That's right. Grew up in Lancaster. Um, you're the youngest of four boys. So talk a little bit about uh, the family you grew up in that you describe as a a kind of a relaxed Catholic upbringing. Kind of give us the (laughs) Catholic temperature of that family. Right, right. Yes, uh, relaxed, I think, is the right word. It was, uh, um, you know, my mom was probably the most devout person in the family, Um, but she never... uh, um, how would you say she never imposed <laughs> the mm-hmm. faith on us? Uh, she, uh, we went to mass every Sunday, of course, and uh, we prayed as a family. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say that there was any pressure brought to bear on any of us to pursue the priesthood or even to think about that as an option. Really, um, it just wasn't something that uh, our my parents really. Pr- um, proposed to us as an option. Mm-hmm. So you just lived your family life, faith, mm-hmm. uh, ordinary, kind of an ordinary Catholic, would you mm-hmm. say? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that wasn't ordinary about your upbringing was the interesting, and I would say like eclectic schooling you had, <laughs> starting right. with preschool. Th- tell us a little bit about this um, interesting schooling you had. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I think my parents had confidence in the Holy Spirit <laughs> 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 because I uh, uh, I was sent to a um, Lutheran preschool, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then I went to a public elementary school. I was homeschooled sixth grade. I went to a Montessori school seventh grade, Catholic Montessori school. Uh, eighth grade, I was homeschooled again, and then <laughs> for high school, I went to St. Charles here in Columbus. And then, then there was the Methodist Bible School somewhere in there too, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Methodist Bible School. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I guess uh, I had an ecumenical education. Yeah. So interesting to see how God's going to work that in your in your vocation. Maybe that hasn't come to fruition yet. But yeah. So kind of a kind of an eclectic background. But it was all good for you, right? All kind of normal, and yes. you, you never felt um, different because you were Catholic in some of these environments. Well, some of them obviously were Catholic environments, but. Right. Just was an ordinary thing to be Catholic and gotcha. That's right. Um, Now, talk about your sacramental preparation that would have happened through your parish as you grew up as a kid. It was St. Mary's in Lancaster. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, was there anything either significant about the sacramental preparation 
or well let, let's start with that one anything about the sacramental preparation um well uh it was all pretty normal um i still remember my first confession <laughs> and it was a uh, a very positive experience i That's remember good. coming out of the confessional and you know uh feeling great <laughs> and the priest was very nice to me uh i remember my first communion um and uh you know dressing up for that and uh confirmation was a little bit unusual in that uh because of my uh jumping around from school to school i didn't get uh i wasn't part of a confirmation class you know so I ended up being confirmed my sophomore year in high school mm, and was okay. prepared individually for that by a priest. Uh, and that, I, you know, I think that was special. I mean, when you're when it's just you and the priest right. uh, talking about the sacrament you're going to receive, it's uh, it makes an impression on you. A little bit you. more of an impact. Yeah. So would you say at least from the time uh, you were a kid up until high school, that period of time, anything on the radar about priesthood at that point? No. Not okay. at all, actually. I, you know, I, I look. I mean, I admired priests. Uh, I liked priests, but it was like I said, it was never really, and and it wasn't that we. I, I had, um, uh, I guess it was first cousin once removed, who's a priest, uh, a Glen Mary mission mission priest, um, and uh, other people in the family who had pursued religious vocations, extended family. But uh, my parents had never said, you should think about that. As a kid, what did you think about one day, maybe growing up to be what? What were you interested as a kid? Yeah. Uh, well, in middle school uh, or around those years, I I loved being outside. So I wanted to grow up to be a park ranger or, mm -hmm. you know, a naturalist or a botanist or something like mm -hmm. that. Uh, and that's that kind of fell away in high school. I, I still love the outdoors, but uh, as a career path, um, I'd you know, just kind of fell by the wayside. So let's kind of zero in now in high school, because um, I know those can be formative years in a young person's life, uh, talking about socially, intellectually, spiritually. For some kids, they grow apart from God during high school. But what was your high school experience like at St. Charles? It was great. I I really uh, have a profound debt of gratitude uh, to St. Charles for the education I received there. Um, it wasn't a particularly... Uh, um, religious experience for me at St. Charles. Uh, we did have two priests who taught there. Uh, and I think that was formative to have priests teaching me in the classroom. Father Bennett uh, taught me American history. Monsignor Gallen taught us math. And uh, Monsignor Gallen in particular was uh, very, impressed me as a very holy man, uh, someone I really looked up to and admired. Um, so, uh, you know, St. Charles is a very uh, serious school academically, academically competitive, and uh, that was kind of my life in high school was studying. Mm -hmm. uh, I did play tennis. Uh, that got me outside from time to time. <laughs> and that studying paid off for you. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, well, you know, St. Charles prepared me so well for college. I, it's kind of a commonplace among graduates of St. Charles that college is easy <laughs> after you go <laughs> after to St. Charles. Well, you're not bragging, but I'll brag for you. You were second in your class, so we know all that studying paid <laughs> off for you, Father. <laughs> but maybe more formative, at least, to your um, spiritual life and your eventual vocation was your family's move to the parish of St. Patrick's in Columbus. Mm -hmm. You were in high school during that time, and that's where you would encounter your first Dominicans. So what was that like? 
Right. Yeah. St. Patrick's was uh, the first church I went to where uh, I really looked forward to the homily. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I felt like I was excited about what the priest had to say, and I felt like I was learning something from the homily. Um, Father uh, Stephen Dominic Hayes was there at that time. Oh, yeah, we know him well. <laughs> uh, Father Ambrose Eckinger. Uh, so that was, it was kind of a revelation for me coming to St. Pat. The, the liturgy, liturgy is celebrated very beautifully there, very, very reverently. And uh, yeah, it got me interested, definitely. Got you interested in a vocation or interested more in your faith, your relationship with God? I would say the latter, more in my faith. Uh, I, In my high school years, I started reading people like C.S. Lewis and G.K. Chesterton. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really, um, it uh, turned my intellect on mm-hmm. to the faith. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, I still wasn't particularly devout in my prayer life, but I found the faith very intellectually rich and compelling. So what did you want to do after St. Charles, after high school? Uh, so, yeah, I went, I, uh, uh, went to Denison University, uh, close to Columbus in Granville, and uh, I studied philosophy and classics, so Latin and Greek and philosophy. And uh, I, um, you know, my college years, I remained a committed Catholic uh, especially intellectually committed Catholic. But again, I wasn't particularly uh, devout in my prayer life or even in a life of service. It was, uh, you know, I, I, Denison, uh, like most universities, is a pretty secular environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was more concerned with kind of uh, defending the faith, refuting falsehood, uh, that sort of thing. I would write into the school newspaper from time to time, <laughs> uh, rather notoriously on occasion. <laughs> but uh, you know, I wasn't uh, I wasn't confident really confident enough in my faith to evangelize. You know, I wasn't really introducing people to Christ or introducing people to the gospel. It was more, like I said, kind of refuting falsehood mm-hmm. uh, that I was into. Uh, particularly as a philosophy major, philosophy majors love to argue. You right. Know. <laughs> and you know, I think that's a really great point because I think sometimes Catholics get intimidated like, oh, I can't, you know, convince anyone about the Catholic Church because I don't know it that well. But living your faith and your joy in your relationship with God and how that carries out in your day-to-day life is very, you know, evangelical. Yes. And yes, indeed. Much more much more so than arguing with people. Right. Not that, not that sometimes there isn't a place for that, because some people do need the proof texts and, course, and yeah. the, the, the reason, but to have that faith along with it. Yes. You also, uh, during your years at Denison, um, had a pretty serious relationship with a young woman. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's right. So uh, starting in my junior year, I th- um, uh, got involved with a young lady who was actually an evangelical Christian. And... Uh, that was a pretty serious relationship um, that lasted until uh, after we graduated from college. And uh, we, of course, uh, she was also a philosophy major. Uh, mm. So two thinkers. and <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, a really, you know, brilliant woman. And so we would go back and forth, you know, about 
uh, evangelicalism versus Catholicism, and she read the entire catechism. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah, impressive. Yeah. She was really serious, yeah. And, um, you know, we would just talk about it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I learned a lot from her, you know, and, and probably vice versa. Uh, but she uh, kind of put me to shame <laughs> in terms of uh, commitment to the faith and a real evangelical fervor. You know, I didn't really have that at that point in my life. Uh, but she was really, uh, you might say, a devout Christian. Um, and uh, so that was, it was very, I think, uh, fruitful. Um, God brought a lot out of that for me. And obviously there was a parting of the ways because today you're a Dominican priest. That's right. <laughs> but tell the end of that story because that's an interesting, um, where she ended up. Yeah, right. So, uh we after we graduated, uh, she was uh, the kind of person who was just had everything uh, lined up and in order, and you know she was a very um, successful kind of driven person and uh, success. You know she so anyway she entered Yale Law School. Okay, and uh, I on the other hand didn't know what I wanted to do <laughs> <laughs> with a degree in philosophy and classics, and and uh, I thought maybe I'd go on to grad school eventually, but not right away. So I decided to volunteer. Uh, I looked at different Catholic volunteer programs, and I picked one in New York City because that was relatively close to New Haven, where mm-hmm. Yale is, and just to train right away, you know. And uh, in God's providence, uh, my girlfriend ended, ended up breaking up with me a few weeks before I went to New York. But I knew that this would be a good experience. You know, I had met uh, the brothers who ran the this volunteer program, and I just, you know, I said, "Well, I'm I'm going to go do this." And uh, that was kind of the I think God was using <laughs> that relationship to kind of catapult me into something that I would never have um, done otherwise. And it seemed to catapult her as well, because she would end up in the Catholic Church. That's right, yeah. So you must have planted some seeds. You must have done some evangelization back then in high school. Yes. But but it's all good. It's all God's plan, and, and that's wonderful. We're talking right now with Father Charles Schonk. He is a Dominican parochial vicar at St. Patrick's in Columbus, and he's our guest today on Answering the Call. So, Father, you um, left central Ohio, went to the big city. I'm from mm-hmm. that big city, so it's a big change, obviously, um, and and you moved in with the Brothers of the Sacred Heart, located in Brooklyn. Again, mm-hmm. very different than Central Ohio. Right. And what did you do during that year with them, or that first year with them? What was your um, assignment or the work that they, they gave you? Right. So uh, the Brothers of the Sacred Heart uh, run schools. Um, so uh, I taught at one of their schools that first year. I taught second grade, <laughs> which almost killed me. Uh the most exhausting year of my life, as I always tell people, and probably will always be the most exhausting year of my life. <laughs> uh, I got pneumonia that year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but being that you were the youngest in your own family, you didn't have little ones coming up after you. That's so right. all of a sudden now you're in charge of like a bunch of, what are they, eight-year-olds? And That's right, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the school that I taught at was called St. Clement Pope. Uh, it's since closed, unfortunately, but... Uh, it was in South Ozone Park, Queens, which uh, is a very rough neighborhood. 
and we would commute every day from Brooklyn to Queens. Uh, it was um, quite the experience. I would come home every day. You know, you have the same as I have the highest respect for grammar school teachers, elementary school teachers, because <laughs> they have the same kids all day. They get one break for lunch <laughs> and their kids have the attention span of about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so I would come home every day. We would fight traffic back from Queens to Brooklyn and I would fall into bed and just within seconds I would fall asleep and then the alarm would wake me up for evening prayer. Oh my gosh. So did, obviously you say it was exhausting, but something sparked, you know, the idea that maybe there's something in this brother life or this priestly life for me. Yes. Yes, that's really, that year sparked my vocation. I owe so much to those brothers, uh, such good men and uh, that year in religious community really just was a revelation to me about how happy I could be uh, living in religious community, praying every day with other men, um, serving people uh, as a as a communal effort. Uh, it was really fulfilling and inspiring. So did you decide, um, did you think about joining that particular order or... No, not so much because I felt called to the priesthood, um, and the brothers are—they don't have priests; they're, okay. they're purely brothers in their order. Um, but I thought back to my experience at St. Patrick's mm-hmm. with the Dominicans and how much how impressive they were uh, to me at that time, and and uh, I said, "Well, I'll start with them." And uh, also, I had studied some St. Thomas Aquinas. As a philosophy major in in college, Dr. Tony Liska was my mentor in the philosophy department at Denison, and he uh, studies St. Thomas and publishes on St. Thomas. Uh, so I called up the Dominicans. Yeah, that's right. So, and and I know that you didn't rush right in. I know you would teach a couple more years. Actually, now you were going to teach high school. That's right. That Three little- more years I taught. Three more yeah. years, kind yeah. of just to get more life experience, kind of think about this, pray about this. Um, but then you did officially apply uh, in uh, 2006, mm-hmm. um, and that was when you decided you were going to spend a few more years teaching. Uh-huh. Um, but then when you went in in 2007, you did enter Dominican life. As we know from our guests, that means for this province, uh, St. Gertrude's in Cincinnati is where you go for your novitiate. That's where you experienced a bit of a wrinkle. So yes. kind of tell us about that. Yes, that's right. After eight months in the novitiate, uh, which I loved, I decided, I thought, that I wanted to be a monk uh, because I was very attracted to the monastic elements of Dominican life, the contemplative elements of Dominican life. And I thought, and I started reading books about monasticism, you know, people like Thomas Merton. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow, that was really inspiring. And uh, I hadn't looked into monastic life before joining the Dominicans. And if I had done that, I probably could have saved myself some time. (laughs) But... Uh, so I left and I visited some Benedictine monasteries, um, most especially Clear Creek in Oklahoma. Uh, and it was beautiful. I loved monastic life, but I missed the Dominicans. Mm. I just missed the Dominicans. Um, particularly, I missed um, the intellectual character of Dominican life, and uh, even more particularly, the way in which Dominicans engage with secular ideas, secular culture, and try to convert the culture that way. Um, That is something that's not so much a focus in monastic life, where 
your intellectual life is more geared toward prayer and contemplation. Um, so I said, well, here I am. <laughs> I think I'm going to call the Dominicans back. And that's what I did. And I know that normally uh, in cases like this, they, they have a waiting period just to make sure that this candidate is really, you know, really serious about this and, and that it is God's call. But I know in your case, they kind of bypassed that because it wasn't like you left. You still discerned a calling, but you were discerning, is it this kind of calling within the calling, you know, and, and right. they allowed you to test that. And, and that's how you have to find out if, that's right. if it is. So you tested it. You found out that's not it. It is Dominican life. So you came back. Was it difficult to come back to the novitiate um, after being away a little bit? Uh, no, actually, it wasn't difficult at all. <laughs> uh, being clothed in the habit the second time around is somewhat less impressive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember the first time I was clothed in the habit completely uh, overwhelmed me, you know, and I wasn't expecting that at all. Uh, I just was bawling. And everyone was kind of staring at me like, wow, he's usually not that emotional. Mm. But the second time around, I didn't uh, break down. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was, uh, I enjoyed my second novitiate, but it was kind of, uh, you know, revisiting what I had already done. Right. And, uh, yeah. and one of your classmates was on a similar path, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah. One of my classmates left with me the first time, shortly before me at the first time, and then also came back the same year. Uh, so he and I were kind of the elder statesmen, you know, everyone was always, <laughs> always asking us, you know, what's coming next or, you know, <laughs> things like that. So that's kind of a nice, a nice kind of gift, I think, from God that you got this, this one classmate, especially to go through. And, um, so you, you did your, uh, the repeat, like you say, the novitiate year, um, this was in 2009. And then the remaining time would be at the House of Studies, Dominican House of Studies in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. And then last year, 2015, you were ordained a Dominican priest. Right. Had you at last found your true home? Yes. Yes, indeed. That was, you know, as anyone will tell you, ordination is just completely overwhelming. Um, but also, uh, two years before that, solemn religious profession, mm -hmm. solemn religious vows, so vows for life. That was also really a watershed moment for me, uh, just in terms of a big sense of relief. Like, I finally know for sure. I mean, I already knew on a personal level this is what I wanted to do with my life, but to have that seal of approval from the church and from the order, this is what you're doing with your life, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that gave me a tremendous peace. Do you remember anything in particular about the ordination day itself? Uh, I remember giving first blessings forever <laughs> after Mass, I, you know, uh, giving blessings probably for an hour or more. We uh, we love to be blessed by newly ordained priests. I, I know we all do, but um, that's a gift. And, and your family, uh, you know, we didn't really talk about that, but it, yeah. I would imagine they were supportive. And, and they were they were very happy for me. Um, I I thanks be to God, I didn't have to. Uh, you know, there was no tension there. So um, during your years of formation, uh, you had internships with various parishes and, and ministries like soup kitchens and, and other ministry work, mm -hmm. and you were able to complete your STL degree um, the year after ordination. So that's right. what you did your first year in priesthood, right. so just complete that degree. But now your first assignment is priest, and you are back at the parish where, in a lot of ways, it all started for you is St. Patrick's uh, in Columbus. What's that like to be back now as a priest? It's great. St. Patrick's, as uh, many of 
probably our listeners know, is a great parish. It's a great first assignment for a new priest. I hear tons of confessions, which is great for a new priest to get that experience. Um, it's just, you know, it, and all the parishioners are just so grateful, um, so appreciative. You know, most of our parishioners drive in uh, from uh, some distance, so they all want to be there, <laughs> which <laughs> right. is a wonderful thing, you know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so constant affirmation and just meeting edifying people all the time. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, we know that Dominicans move around a lot, but we're blessed having you here. We're going to pray that um, God keeps you here a long time, you know, within our diocese. (laughs) In the last minute, um, do you have any advice for someone else who's on that journey looking and trying to discern God's call for them? Yes. uh, I would say um, try it out. You know, uh, as soon as you have a reasonable idea that this might be God's will for you, and you're in a position to visit communities, just visit, you know, and because that's how you that's how you discern. It's not in your head. It's in, um, of course, it's in your prayer life, but it's also going and visiting and meeting people and getting that concrete experience. Uh, yeah, that's my advice. Great advice. Father Charles Schonk, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing your story and answering the call. Can we ask you for your blessing? Of course, yes. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. May the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Father Charles. This is Elizabeth Ficicelli, host of Answering the Call. Tune in on Tuesdays and Sundays at 1230 for another edition. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. Answering the Call is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Answering the Call with Elizabeth Ficacelli are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then he saw-